0: And uh, just to say, this is my, this is the third, uh, my little trilogy on team. Um, this is the last one I should be doing. And, uh, you know, it's quite t- tricky. I recognize that uh, you're all in different situations represented here. Um, some of you got no team and you wish you had a team. Some of you... <laughs> no. <laughs> we were heading for that one, weren't we? Some of you might have a team that you've might like it to be slightly different than what it is, <laughs> and others as you probably th- think you've got a team, but actually you've just got a bunch of people you meet with in a room every now and again and go through an agenda. Um, I, 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 what I'm going to say this afternoon, uh, as always, probably not profound, probably things you've heard before, but I, I really hope to just sound... To make it to, to sound something about the culture of leadership that we're looking for, that, that we value, um, and and so it, we, to, to really continue in the vein of what I've done before, uh, the first time that we were together, we t- uh, we talked about setting the culture, and uh, we took the metaphor of the farmer and re- talked about it, it, it's nurture, not managing, and we looked at that whole that whole uh, deal and how we, we, we love the, the diversity in the body of Christ and the fruitfulness in the body of Christ. We'd, people are not a commodity, they are wonderful gifts we brought out. So we, we looked at that and remember the culture of honor, we spoke about that. Um, so we, that was the first one we did. Um, the, then secondly, we did the, the next one we, we did, I did on um, the helmsman. Um, The picture being there that actually, you know, if you're a sailor, um, you'll know that actually frantic movements on the tiller are not the most efficient way to go forward, but leadership actually is about creating a culture, what's that great uh, definition there, creating a condition in which others can can thrive, and if you're leading through your crew, if if the boat is trimmed well, actually uh, a light touch on the tiller, a light touch in leadership is the most effective way of leading. If you're a leader who's always pushing uh, this agenda, that agenda, the other agenda, actually the... The progress is not fast. It becomes slower because it, it, uh, people are having to change gear and change their perspective. So good leadership is about a light hand on the tiller. We looked at that last time. This time, I was really interested in what happened earlier this morning. Um, we're, gonna, we're back to the theme of music. And, and I want to speak about uh, mastering the art of team and all that jazz. Because I, I do believe that actually uh, leadership it 's an art it 's not a straight line science uh, there 's an art to our leadership and I, and, and I think especially for us as, as, as spirit filled men and women uh, there 's something here i 'm going to be pulling a drawing on this whole uh, um, metaphor of, the, of, of jazz. Do you, do anyone like jazz around here we've got a few OK, which I think will be a little bit a little bit helpful. Um, you know, I, 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 let me let me read from just to set the tone, really, for a very, very, very well-known verses from Acts and chapter six, just to remind us the kind of people that we are and the type of dynamic that we want in our leadership. So, Acts chapter six, verses one to seven, and you know these very, very these words very, very well. In these days, when the number when the disciples were increasing in number a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows had been neglected in the daily distribution. There were some pressures in the church. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said to them, it's not right we should give up preaching the word to serve at tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit of, and of wisdom, who we will appoint to this duty. We'll devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and others. And they set them before the apostles, and they prayed, and they laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. Folks, this is the context of our leadership. We're we're a spirit-filled community. We're a community of the spirit, right? That, that's, that's what we are. That's who we are. And I just want to just kick off really by saying that um, I I firmly believe that our leadership style should not be so much about stress-induced spreadsheets and and goals and and, and stuff like that, but rather a spirit prompted life enriching adventure in the company of dear friends that that's what we're looking for that that's what that's the the flavor of of the new testament it's a it's a spirit-filled environment the holy spirit there equipping helping breathing life into things into this company of friends that's the the headline in terms of our leadership I believe, and just to make the very obvious point, I, I, I hope you're getting this: that our culture is not modelling leadership well. You, you do know that, don't you? It's, beca- it's becoming glaringly obvious. Our culture is not modelling leadership well, and yet I still see church leaders more impressed with with the methods and styles of of of, of, management, of, of, of uh, culture, uh, the, the management in our culture. Um, and intrigued by the way they do things, and, and importing those sometimes into church settings. Of course, not in our churches. But anyway, uh, it, it can, we, we can be under pressure. We can become like that. The trouble is we've become blind to our own culture, and you find yourself just imbibing the ways of our culture. Um, and you, you, you know, that, that's just going to take us off track, I believe, with what we should be doing as spirit-filled men and women. Interestingly... Even in the secular culture, there are those within that culture, not Christians, who are seeing the downside and the dangers of modern practice. You know, it's a a common title now, Toxic Leaders. That's a a title out there in uh, in the business world. And actually, there's there's a book book, uh, that I came across preparing for this. It's called this, Searching for a Corporate Saviour, The Irrational Quest... For charismatic CEOs, and uh, uh, this, this guy's written a book just just, just pointing out, hey, it's, it is it is totally bizarre. The whole CEO culture is based on pointing charismatic figures that's, that uh, that the that shareholders might be impressed with, who actually may know little or nothing about the. The, the, the business that they're meant to be leading. It's tr- folks, it's, it's true. I, 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 I've got, um, I'll read you a quote uh, out of this, um, this book. Corporate CA- C- CEOs are head- headline news. Stock prices rise and fall at word of their hiring and firing. Business media debate their merits and defects as if the individual leader determines the health of the economy. Yet we know surprisingly little about how CEOs are selected and dismissed and about their true power. And he goes on to find, you know, to say that, uh, that basic, basically, um, it's, well, okay, another quote. It, uh, corporations have increasingly sought CEOs who are above all else, charismatic, whose fame and force of personality impress analysis and the business media, but whose experience and abilities are not necessarily right for the companies that they're which they are called to lead. And he just goes on to talk about the disillusionment that comes out of that. And, and you know that's, that, that's what's going on in our culture. There's just disillusionment in the workplace. If people are commodified and so on and so forth. Um, and um, the result is short, short-termism, hiring and firing, disillusionment amongst work, the workforce, Who which way are we going this week? And uh, uh, people just want to retire early and get out. So... I, I I'd really be, I want to just make this comment as, as, as we get underway. As we focus our, intention, uh, our, our, our attention on being more missional, which I think we would all recognise that that's good and that's happening. You know, we want to be more missionally intentioned. Please don't mistake that biblical priority of being missional with the stress-filled target culture of the world. Does that make sense? Please don't, please don't do that. We want we want to be more missional, but please don't automatically jump to that target, stress-filled kind of style of leadership that uh, uh, th- th- that can often go go with it. And just to really put a few nails in the coffin of, of business culture, business culture isn't—it's not biblical. It. I dealt with that in the first session that I did. It's it's, it's focusing on results and targets instead of people. Um, It it leaves the commodification of people. Um, And it's governed by statistics and things like that and best practice rather than by the dynamic of the Holy Spirit. I mean, the the second obvious thing is business culture is very boring. It, it, you know, it, it... it, it, it's so stifling living in the confines of a, you know, f- uh, five-year plan, per, whatevers you know, and all the rest of it that you get get locked into. It's very boring. It's very stress-inducing, and it's failing. It's failing, and and I just want to really say to us as leaders, who you are, who we are, the way we lead, is massively, massively important. In terms of the the culture and the, the churches that we are going to be that, that we are that we are le- we we're, we're leading, so um, the metaphor of the jazz musician. I came across a book. Uh, it's a secular book again. Now, and I nearly called my session this. It's called. Wait for it. It's called Yes to the Mess. Okay. Yes to the Mess. Surprising leadership lessons from jazz, and. Uh, he goes on to say, that, that it's by a guy called uh, F- uh, Frank Barrett, and he argues that jazz culture has a lot to teach us about leadership, especially if you care about innovation and creativity and the drawing out of the best of the people around you. And um, I- I'm going to step you through this this afternoon. I want to keep this picture in the back of your mind. I- I- I'm so interested in the way this morning's session went, and when Mike... Uh, just uh, knocked that, um, made, uh, got that tuning fork, and just made that noise, and and then drew, began to drew you out. It's called innovation. It's called creative innovation. And and I thought, yes, isn't this isn't this exactly what the Holy Spirit does? Isn't this exactly the culture that we want? Mike didn't know what I was going to be speaking on today. In fact, let let me just make the make that that point that this is this is Mike's style of leadership that these two days are not nailed down all the way down to the last detail but actually there's space and someone made the comment just now when we everything changed around let's do that song right who knows it right come on. hey there's there's space for the holy spirit there's space for creativity and so I feel God wants. You know, as you will know. I've I've kind of struggled with this. I thought like, this is should I go ahead with this? I don't feel comfortable, so I drop it. And uh, but I feel God's speaking to us in this whole area of of finding this this wonderful uh, creative leadership that is is wonderfully inventive and innovative, and uh, and I think that's a, that's akin to what to the way the Holy Spirit would. Would, would, would lead us. Here's a quote from this book, Yes to the Mess. Jazz teaches a different aesthetic. Jazz bands actually are organisations designed for innovation. And the design elements from jazz can be applied to other organisations seeking to innovate. Further, in order for jazz bands to be successful, they require a commitment to a mindset, a culture, practices and structures, and a leadership framework that is, is strikingly similar to what it takes to foster innovation in organisation. And it's fun. It's fun. There's a there's a sense of life when when we begin to understand how this works. Now, if you're not a jazz uh, fan, I'll try and draw you in as I as I going as I go along. So, uh, encouraging your team to to to, to perform. Um, we're 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 leading churches. We're leading people in this wonderful dynamic of of this spirit filled community. That that's the. That, 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 that's the nature of the church, isn't it? And um, uh, we've been invited to live in this wonderful Holy Spirit culture. The church has been, been uh, invested, breathed upon, It's continually being breathed upon by this, this wonderful creativity of the Holy Spirit. And this should be the, uh, just the most wonderful adventure that we're called on together that that, that is is, is far from boring and straight lines, but wonderfully creative and satisfying. Um, The Holy Spirit is so good at this, giving wisdom at at, at a particular moment for the unexpected. Yet we can be so tied up in our plans and priorities and getting through the agenda that we miss the moment. There's such a wonderful resource for us here, I believe. Here's another quote. Imagine how team life might be transformed by this kind of mutual reliance. A culture in which you know you're not in it alone, in which you know that others are thinking with you and about you, helping to make you even better. A culture in which, to to paraphrase the uh, the jazz saxophonist Lee Connitz, you know that, I like this, if you miscalculate and go down for a second, all you have to do is keep quiet and let someone else play for a while. And the music will continue to grow. I mean, that's kind of a nice cultural leadership, isn't it? I love that, don't you? If you think you're going down, just keep quiet for a second. You'll be all right. I've heard that already today. Well, I don't know what we're doing next. So uh, it's over to you guys. You know, this is a, what a wonderful culture to be leading in instead of being paranoid about knowing the, the answer for the next thing that's coming along. Just being released from that and, and getting into a rather different Way of life now, why wouldn 't you want this because that 's the question as i 'm talking as I hope you 're all thinking, yeah, get let 's just get in the flow, do the stuff why don 't we do that well it, it, it begins with a mindset it begins with a mindset about team and um, you see there 's two different possibilities you might have the mindset that your team is there to support you in your ministry. And your leadership. And if that's your mindset, that you want a team to help you get the stuff done, that is not going to bring about this kind of, of freedom and creativity. And now, there's some good things about that mindset. And we'll quickly whiz through some. You're being faithful to your calling. I was called to do this. I, I want to live out my calling. I want to be faithful to my calling. And that might cause you to think, you know, to have that mindset that the team are here to help me get this stuff done. Um, it means that you're taking your responsibilities seriously. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I, 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 I'm not going to sidestep. I, I, I'm the leader, and I, that's my responsibility, and I'm going to do this. Well, that, that could be seen as a noble thing. Um, you're prepared to work hard, and hey, you might even be paid for it. So you might think, well, actually, you know, they pay me, so therefore I need to be doing all the stuff. So that can, that can lock you into the mindset that the team are here to, to support me, but basically I'm, I, I need to be doing all, all the stuff. There are some obvious downsides to that mindset. And the first thing is the pressure of work. Pressure. Um, We're not going to take your blood pressure this afternoon. But leadership can be very stressful. People just waiting for the next day off. Longing for the next day off. The whole thing becomes tre- stressful. The pressure of expectations. All the expectations on you, possibly as a church leader. You feel well. You know that, that, that's the downside. If you if you if, if you if, if you foster that deal that you are the main man and that you you need to be doing everything, you're gonna you you you'll, you'll get buried under the expectations that people will then put on you to 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 deliver. Um, you won't grow team in that environment uh, because no one team. People think that you don't need them, and so therefore, great team won't won't grow. Um, People that you do try and get onto your team, they'll quickly become disenchanted and uh, fed up because actually you're doing all the main stuff anyway, and they're just filling in the gaps, so that won't work. Um, And basically, team meetings aren't. They can just be you, a monologue, going through an agenda, and perhaps farming out things to do. Um, Not brilliant. So let's look at another mindset. Um, The other mindset of that team is that that, the team is there to be empowered to share the mission. Now, I know you know this stuff. I'm just stating the obvious to try and help you, and maybe uh, it'll ring a few bells here and there on the way through. And this gets a bit scary because uh, uh, you might have fears that you'll be left without a job, that uh, others are doing all the stuff. Well, what, what will it be left for, for me to do? Um, why should I give away all the interesting bits? You know, I, uh, I, I love doing this and I love doing that and I love doing that and I, and I feel God's called me to do that. Uh, 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 but, uh, uh, and you might, it means letting go of some of that stuff if you truly want to get into the whole flow of creative team. Um, uh, of course, the other thing in, in this mindset, if, if people that you entrust get it wrong, it will reflect on you. Yeah, well, it might do. That's okay. Um, so it's, 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 it's a bit risky. T- um, uh, people might think that you're shirking. Well, you're, you're the guy who's paid. Why, why aren't you doing it? You haven't preached for three weeks, and we thought we paid you for all that stuff. Well, uh, that can be a fear that can keep you um, uh, from going on this creative route. Another one, uh, it's quicker to do it myself. It's much quicker to do it myself, so therefore I'll just keep doing it myself. Uh, That can keep you locked into the into that other mindset. But there's also some really good parts to this. You'll probably live longer (laughs) if you learn this wonderful creative culture of team. Your wife will probably be happier. You don't hey this wonderful realization. You don't have to fix everything. This is the dynamic. This is what t- team brings. You, you do not have to fix everything. You'll tap into far more creativity if you learn this art of team. You'll have the joy of seeing others blossom and uh, grow. I mean, I, 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 I love it now. You know, I, uh, just seeing the guys around me um, just doing the stuff. I mean, hey, I'm... I'm I'm wonderfully irresponsible nowadays. I don't lead a church anymore. I, 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 I just love seeing people leading well and preaching well and doing stuff. It's wonderful. It's a real blessing. And best of all, team meetings become much more fun. Uh, I'm sure we've all got kind of, you know, some. Uh, maybe you're all really flowing really well and you don't have boring elders meetings that that kind of the, 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 the agenda is as long as your arm and, and uh, it gets you about ten o'clock, and you're all falling asleep, wishing you were somewhere else. And I'm sure you don't have those, but just in case you do, th- there is a different way, and I want to try and click into that this afternoon. I was going to play you a, a track of jazz, but I, I, I think probably I, um, I I I won't. Um, I want uh, maybe later on if you're good, I'll play a track later on. Okay, I want to talk about innovation. Do you like the picture, by the way? It's, it's a it's a pretty it's a nice, I like that Peter. It's um, come and see me later if you're if if you're if you're interested in that. Now, innovation. Um, innovation. That, 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 that's what was happening this morning. That's what the Holy Spirit was saying to us this morning when Mike got his tuning fork out. Um, jazz bands are actually designed for innovation. That, that's what they are all the world. It, it's called improvisation from the Latin improvisus, meaning not seen ahead of time. And I want to call this afternoon for Holy Spirit... Improvisation, because I think that's the flavour of the New Testament, and I'm not sure there's much space for that in a lot of our uh, team meetings. Okay, look at this wonderful quote. This is from Yes to the Mess. Has it come up? Yes, it has. You mightn't be if if you can't see that. Here it is. There is a freshness, a certain quality which can only be obtained by improvisation. It's something to do with the edge. Always being on the brink of the unknown and being prepared for the the leap. And when you go out there, you have all the years of preparation and all your sensibilities and and your prepared means, but it's a leap into the unknown. So there's this freshness, innovation. Your, Your pulse starts to go, doesn't it? When you get into that realm of innovation... Someone strikes a chord, and others join in there 's something wonderfully creative begins to happen now, if you don 't know about jazz, you might be thinking that jazz musicians are just a bunch of lazy ill disciplined uh, airheads who they 're probably on something, and um, uh, they 're ill disciplined they just play the first thing that comes in their brain and well actually do you know. Nothing can be further than the truth in terms of good jazz. That that actually is is not true. Actually, these are highly skilled musicians, and here is the key: they they have they have they have well practiced routines that they're very good at. This is a bit like the the Prussian thingamadoodle and their doctrines. They have these well well learned um, routines, and they know those routines. But those routines are not all consuming. They, they, they don't fill the whole agenda. There's lots of space for creativity in between. Does that make sense? Do you, do you see where I'm going with this? And it's, so it's not, it's not saying out with agendas and, and out with any sense of... I'm not saying that at all. What I'm, because say, in the jazz world, those well-disciplined routines are there. To help them. And, and those of you that know me know that I spend most of my time working with churches, helping them to put some frameworks into place to make, to, to make things work well. I, I don't like chaos. I like things to work well. But I think what I'm talking about here is, is not tying everything down to such an extent that there's no space for the Holy Spirit to come and to breathe and for there to be life and creativity. Does that make sense? And this is, this is the beautiful thing about jazz. They, they're disciplined. They know their stuff. There's a commitment to each other. And I want to try and unpack this afternoon. How do we bring that kind of culture into the way we do team so that we, we have good, good, good. We, we, we're doing our strategy and planning. We're not lazy. We're not careless. But we're also creating an environment where there's lots of space for that wonderful creativity of the Holy Spirit. Okay? That's where I want to try and take us this afternoon. Um, so, in terms of the people that you're working with, um, here's the first thing I read about just then. We, we want to be, as, as, as leaders and part of the team that we're in, people full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Yeah? That is... Uh, the highest they, 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 there's pressure coming on the uh, apostles there in Jerusalem. They they, they see there's a, they, they don't want to get locked into pressure. They want to be free to be men of the spirit. So they appoint other men of the spirit to do other stuff. But the high pri- the high criteria is people full of the Holy Spirit. And I think there's a couple of implications there for us. That um, first of all, view your team as inherently creative. Because hopefully they are men or men and women full of the Holy Spirit, right? So view them like that. Wow, there's a there's a there's a resource here. But I think secondly, make sure that you are full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Does that make sense? We we were having a meeting with elders. Um, it's great. Actually, there's, there's none of the king's elders here, so I can say anything. Okay, we were having a, an elder meeting the other day, and. Um, uh, I, I actually we, just, we were just chatting, and it, 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 it quickly became obvious that there's some real pressure on one or two in the room. We're, we're about to go to a, a third site in Norwich, and that that kind of generally brings pressure to leadership. And when we realised that, we just just kind of th- threw the agenda out the window, and we just prayed for each other. We just prayed for each other, <laughs> and we we're just 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 praying the Holy Spirit. Why? Because. We lead out of being men full of the Holy Spirit, right? Does that make sense? And, and if we'd gone on, actually, we wouldn't have had the creativity of the Holy Spirit because we're locked up with other things going on. And so we're just back in our, doing things on our own steam. And, and we don't want that. So I'm being very practical. You might think, well, what on earth happened to the there? Well, it got sorted. But more importantly, we, 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 the dynamic of the Holy Spirit is too precious for us. Does that make sense? Uh, we want that. We, 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 this is a key to, to innovation. Okay. I think the next thing in terms of, of your team or if you're looking for a team is discernment, it's, it's, it's understanding one another. Um, uh, discernment to, to, to see the right people to have in your team. Maybe some of you are looking for a team, you want to. Uh, it's that, it, it, we, we want that discernment of the Holy Spirit to have the right people in the mix, don't we? Um, and hopefully that's part of what, apost- that's what apostolic ministry does and helps us with, to, to help us find those, those, those people, those, uh, the right people to be in, in, in the situation. And then we've got those people looking for clues to, to understand how they're wired and how they work and, and, and what, 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 what um, uh, lights their fire or floats their boat and what, what, what sinks them. It's, it's knowing each other, that, it's understanding each other as spiritual men and women so that we can really help each other flourish. Is that right? Um, I I, I, I shouldn't tell too many stories, should I? Um, Okay, a couple of illustrations. Um, (laughs) um, We've got... Oh, Okay, this is really... um, Yeah, I'll go there. Um, You all know and love Marcus, by the way, don't you? Do you know Marcus? He's a lovely, lovely guy. He's an elder in the city with us in in, in Norwich. And... um, uh, some of us on the team, um, some of us speak b- before we think. We we kind of think out loud, okay? I uh, can't imagine who those people are. But um, some of us are like that. We just talk, okay? And there's, and, 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 and there's others of us who need to process things inwardly. And so there's a couple of us on the team. We can be going at it and all stuff, you know, we're all over the place, ideas. And then Marx is lovely, it was really quiet, and then after about half an hour, he'll suddenly go, wait a minute, the thing you said 20 minutes ago, um, what, 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 what? we've we just learned to love the way Marcus is wired and the way he, he operates. Um, looking for clues, you see, it's understanding each other, knowing how we're wired, it's, 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 it's so important. Looking for clues as well in terms of who should be there. Um, you know, having your eyes open all the time Seeing the, seeing the inherent gifting in people around you, so being people of the spirit, we want to be discerning and seeing and understanding people, not just commodifying them that 's what our culture's doing, making you know they're a commodity to get a thing done, but actually a, a wonderful spiritual person who 's got a gift in their own right, they might be different to me in fact, praise God if they are different to me because they 'll bring something that i haven 't got so if we want innovation, this is the track we want to be going down. Um, if you've got people all the same as yourself, if you've, got, if you've got three jazz pianists in the band, it's boring. Okay? And if you're all I, I, I remember the church I, I worked with a while ago where some, some great leaders, but they were all the same. Literally all the same. Really nice guys, all the same. I think this is, it's okay, but actually it's better if, if you're not all the same. And that can be a bit painful at times. If, if you're not all the same, but press through, okay? Um, I could bring my friend Graham up here at this point, and, and we, we have so many stories to tell about when we were working together well, was years ago. We're quite different, and we used to bang heads together years ago, our own heads. <laughs> um, and we, But, you know, I think so much of what we're seeing today in Norwich is, well, is a result of, of the diversity of our gifting and the, and the honouring of one another. We're, we're, we're the strongest of friends, uh, we went through some times when we were banging heads together because we were different. But folks, this is, this is the dynamic of the Holy Spirit. And it's love It's wonderful, it's creative, it's good. So if you've got a team that you wish you didn't... Anyway, don't go there. All right, so the next thing, create a culture of learning, okay? You want to create a culture of learning. Relax. It's, the, learning means time and space. Learning means it's okay. We, we talk about mistakes. That's okay. We're not perfectionists. A culture of learning where there's space for people. Is, it's really, really important. Team members need to be, feel safe enough to talk about where it went wrong. Okay? A quote about jazz. Jazz is about creating a venue where experimentation is the norm where people think out loud in all sorts of directions and articulate their half-formed thoughts without feeling they have to be perfect or right or defensive. That's good, isn't it? Wouldn't you like to be in a, I hope you're in a team like that. I, 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 I am, and, and it's good. Let me read it again. It's about creating a, um, a venue where, the experiment, where experimentation is the norm, where people think out loud in all sorts of directions, articulate their half-formed thoughts, without feeling they have to be perfect or right or defensive. How good is that? It, it's an environment where we can be honest about our failures. Many, many years ago, I was part of a church movement, and we hadn't, there was an event put on, which was, <laughs> it was called um, the Day of God's Power. Okay? That was the un, fairly unassuming um, <laughs> title of this event. And um what can I say? Um, well, it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> it it for all sorts of reasons, it just wasn't yet it, it just wasn't the f- and, and everyone knew it wasn 't, and there was a bit of pain around about it as well and but because it was thought to be disloyal to say that, it just led to it was it was just. It, Hey, folks, we need to be having a culture where it's okay. to. Oh, that didn't work too well, did it? Uh, Do do you you hear me on this? And sometimes in our leadership, please let let us create environments where people can speak freely, where they haven't got to watch their words too closely before they come out, but they know that they're, they're loved and accepted and it's okay. In fact, it's not just okay. It's really good if people will speak, you know, creatively and slightly unusually. It's good. We want that, don't we? So, create a, a culture of learning. Um, I've got to keep moving. Or, um, okay, make space. Um, please make sh- in your uh, in the context of of, of, of of team or in delegating to people. Give people space. Make sure there's space for people to be themselves, to to bring their contribution, and to. Uh, Uh, to to make mistakes. Don't over-specify things. I think that's, again, going back to jazz. uh, Yes, we've got our routines, we've got our values, but there's space for people to be creative, to make things their own. And that way they, they own them far more strongly if they're allowed to contribute. So making space, giving responsibility wherever we can. We don't want everybody to be like you, I've said already. We want to give people space to be themselves so that if they need time to articulate, if you can say things in five seconds and other people need five minutes, give them five minutes. Let's make space for each other so that we, we really do draw out the gifting that God has put into people. Making space, giving responsibility wherever we can. I've, I've said this so many times before. There should be teams everywhere in church life. So many opportunities for people to take responsibility and do things. We want to do that. Everywhere, okay, the next one um, this one could be yes to the mess, um, be brave and let go, just allowing people to to step out and do stuff, allowing people to to uh, take responsibility to to preach to teach to, 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 there are so many areas where we could to, to anchor meetings to do stuff like that. Um, we want to give people space to do things, be brave, empower people by taking a risk. I'm so grateful. I'm not. I probably said it in one of my previous sessions. A guy called Lyndon Bowering. He made space for me about a hundred years ago when I was, you know, I, I didn't know which way it was up, and uh, he saw something in me, and uh, he, he he made space for me. He, right? You're preaching next week, huh? What? How do I do that? He, he. I'm so grateful for a guy like that who did that for me. He he made space for me, and. It, it, you know sometimes I speak to the perfectionists among us, please be careful, please be careful it, 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 I, I, look, look at the, look at the New Testament, look at how Jesus operated He, he gave people space he, he allowed people to do things um, the only I, 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 the only reason that i um, In in the last sort of ten years of ministry, I haven't had had to preach um, three or four times a month. Is because I made space for others to preach, who hadn't preached before, and so on and so forth. And now I'm not saying that to my credit. Actually, it gave me a break. It was wonderful. But more than that, I saw people coming through. And and, and when people start coming through, they're not not brilliant necessarily. But it's if I, I, I say yes to the mess. Let people go. Let there be space. Right? It, this is there's something wonderfully Holy Spirit about this. Don't be a perfectionist. Jumping in too quickly. Taking things back too quickly. You 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 will you, you really won't get the creative environment that I think God wants us to have together in the way that we're building. So um, say yes to the mess. Infuse and affirm. You know these things. Um, I, 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 this is um, uh, I, I, yes. I'll, I'll change my order of things here. I used to. Th- I, I used to think my body language was pr- pretty neutral. I used to think that people didn't know what I was thinking. That I used to think that I, you know, I could hide those things. But apparently, it's not true. Apparently, I, I I I don't know. Um, Angie tells me or told me, and well, you know that you know she'll slap me at times, and and <laughs> because you know you're you're a church leader, you're on the front row there, and, and, and you're all twitchy, and and you and, and you, you know, and you're crossing your legs, and you're crossing your legs, and you're, and you're doing that, and and uh, apparently that says things to people, <laughs> especially the guys preaching. <laughs> and please. Please, be careful. But you know, you, watch watch out for this stuff. It, it, it's so unhelpful. We want to see people step out. We want those new seedlings of giftings coming through, don't we? We don't want to be leaping up and doing stuff all the time and and just being so neurotic that it isn't honouring or helpful to anyone. Okay, um, let's press on a bit here. Um, I'm. Go- I've got to say a quip here. Give you know. Please, invest in people. We've got on our budget a load of DOSH to train people, okay? Uh, why, well, why are we doing that? Because we believe in this stuff. Equip people. Now, why you haven't got hundreds of people to sign up on Lead? I do not know. Do you agree, Steph? We need truckload. We want a truckload. It's, it's, is it great? Is Lead really good? It's astonishing, <laughs> isn't it? It's good. We're, actually, we are having a blast. We really are. It's, it's so great. Um, and, and I want to say, invest in people, Equip people. Uh, don't expect people to be the, 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 the finished article straight away. Invest in them. Uh, financially, get it on your budgets, Money for training and all the rest of it. We want to do a good job here. And stick with people. Um, There's an interesting one, isn't it? Sticking with people. Do you, know, when it, you, you know what it's like? Um, you want someone to preach. You might give them, one, give them an opportunity. And then they have one opportunity to preach. And then they won't get a chance for another year. Okay, now, what does that do? Well, first of all, um, it's kind of grief. I must really have been totally naff. If if they're not going to let me preach for another year. Um, Secondly, they won't actually grow in confidence, right? So, hey, please allow them a, a naff one or two naff ones. Because we want people to grow. You're hearing me on this. I mean, I'm guilty of this stuff. You know, you, you put someone up there. How good are they? Are they up to scratch? Well, take the pressure off. When you give them more space, and that could apply to any area of leadership. Take the pressure off. Don't 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 um, don't you know stick with people and and um, uh, see things through that, you're, that that you're developing in them. Otherwise, you will never grow people. You'll never grow people if you're actually perfectionists. Have a harder time of growing people than the rest than the rest of us. Why? Because they just pass on their pressure to those they're trying to grow, and it, it, it and it, it stifles them. So please be careful if you're a perfectionist. It won't help them at all. Um, so. Um, feedback, always giving credit, you, you know about these things, I don't think I need to say much about that um, um, no, that's fine, let's keep going, so let, that's innovation, we want innovation, let's move on now to um, uh, what happened there nothing, okay, interaction okay um, let's interact this is, this is, this is, this is, so this is how it actually happens, this is where it all comes together and this perhaps, there's a We're beginning to look a bit at the dynamic of our meetings, possibly, the way we do meetings together. Look at this quote here about interaction. When musicians are able to successfully connect with one another at this level and establish a groove, they often find themselves able able to perform beyond their capacity. This dimension is perhaps the most elusive, if vital, characteristic of jazz improvisation. Did you see that bit there? When they get into this groove, flowing with one another, they all perform beyond their capacity. Now, doesn't that sound rather enticing? Don't you want some of that for your team, where you get in the flow, the Holy Spirit is there with you, and you just find yourself getting carried along, just as as jazz musicians get carried along in there, and so on and so forth. So, um, interaction. This might apply to our meetings. Let there be creative moments in your meetings, in your team meetings. Let there be creative moments. The first thing to, to make sure that happens is to um, take a red pen to your agenda. Last night, actually, we had, a, we had an elders meeting. We had one thing on the agenda, one thing. It was our life groups, our small groups, one thing on the agenda. Why? Because we, we want creative moments. And if that was, that was, if that was kind of the 12th thing on, the, on an agenda and we got to it at nine minutes past 10, you're going to get zilch creativity at that point, okay? So let, let there be creative moments. Give space in your meetings for, uh, uh, for, for creative moments. That might mean taking some things out of that agenda and getting rid of them elsewhere, things to be done elsewhere. If you've got too much on your agenda, you need to be delegating out somewhere else anyway. Let there be space. If we want to, the interaction to happen, there needs to be space. Um, excessive planning of meetings and directing of affairs can limit a team's imagination and uh, people's capacity to respond. Um, we, 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 wanted to create, we want to foster dependence on the Holy Spirit. I remember. I remember. This is stuck in my mind. Um, a story from Arnold Bill. Um, you know, something like uh, giving a gift to a speaker, guest speakers. Now you can you can have like a just a stock answer for that. Oh, we always do that. We always do that. I remember him saying it was, it was in the context he was teaching on finance that in in their eldership team they'd had someone speak and they said they they, um, they met together as elders. What, what do you feel? We, we want to bless this person. What do you feel? Let's have some fun here. let's let's, let's talk about numbers. And and they just, they came out with some riotous, it was something like, I don't know, uh, 293 pounds, 42 pence, and something, you know, and they, yeah, let's do that, right, yeah, let's do that, and they, they you know, they, they just made space, and, and they're just that's just a tiny illustration of the wonderful kind of creativity of the Holy Spirit, do, do, do you hear what I'm saying, it's, it's, it, it's not getting locked into, 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 into same, same, same old routines, but it's allowing there to be space for the Holy Spirit to be speaking to us, whatever the issue might be about. Here's a very important one for some of us. Foster dialogues in your meetings, not monologues, okay? A monologue, well, you know, that's one person speaking, dialogue is a number of people not all at the same time um we, we don't want that but um in your meeting foster dialogue rather than monologue and this is especially for us as leaders who can often talk too much just just be careful a very practical way that 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 that, that, that we do that um oh i didn't mean to do that uh, the, the practical way we do that is by uh, asking questions if you're a team leader Ask questions. That's, that's, that, that creates dialogue rather than monologue. So instead of going to a meeting just pouring out lots of details and facts, ask questions. Ask questions. That will foster uh, dialogue in your, in your meetings. Um, culture of openness. Um, not shooting people down. Letting people finish their sentences. Yeah? I'll talk a bit more about that. Oh, it's, Actually, that's coming up. Um, that's my next one. Um, this is so important. Be a generous listener. Yeah? If, if you want a creative culture in your leadership team, be a generous listener. When, that, that, this is what jazz musicians do. When, when Mike did that tuning fork thing, you, you sung a note, and then some of you, you were listening to what notes that other people were singing, and then you found another note. Right? That's called generous listening. You're actually listening to everyone else, not just listening to yourself. And sometimes some of us can be guilty in leaders' meetings when someone else is speaking, we're thinking about what we're going to say next rather than listening to what they're saying. Is that true? Generous listening. Quote, Jazz musicians have to heed one another closely. They need to be attentive, not only to what each member is doing and saying, but also to what no one is doing or saying. Generous listening, an unselfish openness to what the other is offering, and a willingness to help others be as brilliant as possible. Oh, I love that, don't you? That's what. There's a good definition of generous listening. An unselfish openness to what the other is offering, and a willingness to help others be as brilliant as possible. Do you like that? Generous listening. I, I, can be, I can be bad at this. I can, I, I, you know, I, I can be thinking about what I'm going to say next. I, I, anyone else guilty of that kind of thing? You're in a meeting. Thank you. Thank you. I've got one. Well, yes. <laughs> I feel better. Um, I think this is hugely, hugely important. In essence, quote, generous listening means you are willing to become the thinking partner of your, your colleagues, helping them narrow, navigate their way through. Jazz shows us that followership cannot just be satisfactory, but a noble calling. And it begins with the ear. Generously, I could take, my time's gone, but I could, I've got a lot more I could say on this. Generous listening. I urge you, if, if you want creative, if you want that kind of team, if you want a team that is just alive with the creativity of the Holy Spirit, be a generous listener. Be a generous listener. Must move on. Share the lead. Here's a biggie. Um, I'd love to play you um, a track here from um, uh, no I won't, I won't do it. Sonny, um, Sonny Sonny um, uh, what was his name um, anyway it, 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 sax text uh, Sonny Rollins okay uh, sax uh, tenor sax and um, shared lead so this is what happens they, they all start playing their routines and you hear the prom- the, the, the dominant sound of the the sax uh, I, 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 in the band, and then as the time goes along, he dials down, and and someone else dials up, and uh, uh, and and it's, it's 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 beautiful. They make room for it to come back again. Then then they'll dial down, and someone else will dial up, and that that's 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 getting in the groove. <laughs> that's where creativity happens. When you let go of the lead, and you let someone else on the team lead, and you're, you're, you you give that space for that to happen. And there's that wonderful mutual honouring of one another. I, you know, I think that's kind of Holy Spirit language. I think that's kind of uh, uh, creative, creative and beautiful, and something that we should um, be be uh, looking for. We, we, we let's, let's try not to be controlling. Some of us are a bit like that. Let's open the door to the to the Holy Spirit and see if we can find that wonderful creative uh, groove. Okay, here's another one here. Beware, the, oh, I could take all afternoon on this. Beware the urgent and the deadlines. How many meetings are wrecked because of the perceived urgent and perceived deadlines? We must do it because the calendar says, because, oh, you know, we, we can be driven by those kind of things. So what if the calendar says? So what if, you know, we, 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 the, the pressure instantly comes, you know, it comes into the room? when you start off by saying, we haven't got much time tonight, we've got some really important things to talk about. You just shut that meeting down dead because you've just said there's no space and you've kind of brought an urgency into the set. Hey, you know, God deliver us from some of that perceived urgency so that we can find that creative voice of the Holy Spirit. Now, you know me. You know I don't like doing things badly. I, I like there to be... I like to do things well and to plan and all the rest of it. But sometimes we've got to, we've got to delegate things out of our, uh, that, uh, those meetings in, uh, to, to other places. We're obviously got, we've obviously got too much on our agenda if, if we're being driven by those kind of things. Um, so please beware the urgent and the deadlines. Those things can wreck our meetings. Do you know what? They probably dominate most of our meetings, those kind of things, and um, not helpful. Take the pressure off. Um, uh, problems and challenges are okay. In fact, you see, in, in the jazz, set, jazz setting, those those moments of not quite sure where to go next. They're, the, they're actually the creative moments. They're not the, oh dear, what are we going to do? They're the creative moments. We're just hitting a thing with our budgets at, at, uh, at Norwich. Um, uh, our, our conferencing is a bit down and things are happening. And, and uh, Now, it's... It could be an oh dear moment. It's it's not an oh dear moment. It's a a creative moment. This is the. Do you see what I'm trying to say here? In the jazz world, when you're not quite sure where you go next, that's when everyone's kind of oh okay right. Let's tune in and see what see what God's what, what where the music's taking us. In our setting, it's where God's taking us. So, it you know. Problems and challenges are okay. Let's not get furrowed brow and anxious and, and bring pressure into the room so that the whole thing becomes a burden. But as good leaders, these are moments, for, they're, they're Holy Spirit moments when we can find the, the mind of Christ together. Okay? Um, one last thing on, 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 on interaction in our meetings. Resist the rut and find the groove. I would suggest that a lot of our leaders' meetings are really boring I would suggest that perhaps a lot of your if you ask your team members, well, maybe you're well, maybe you've you've sorted this one out. But a lot of meetings go on late into the night, far later than they should. Um, and people just it's a pressure to be there. It's a pressure trying to get away from there. Um, we've got into a rut with our meetings and we really shouldn't ought to be in that situation. I, I just want to say, don't get in the rut. Change things around um, it was great to be in Bishop Stortford last Saturday. had a, had a, 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 an elders' brunch. I mean, it's was great, wasn't it? Just sitting around over great bacon, and I mean, bacon inspires anyone to so anything. It's, it's right. So, but, but changing things around. I know in Norwich, you know, Graham, like we we've had breakfast meetings and supper meetings and daytime, just moving it around, changing things around. Um, nowadays, when we do have our evening meetings in in, in, in Norwich, we never go past half past nine. That's because the older ones of us were asleep by then, anyway. <laughs> um, but you're not—you not our most creative then, are we? Why do we do that? And, and nobody likes that. So it's, it's being creative and and uh, uh, changing, changing where you have your meetings, how you do your meetings, and so on and so forth. Um, oh, I could say so much about this. Oh, oh, I can't. I've got to go on because you want your cake, okay? Um, <laughs> Communication. This is. I've only got a couple of points on this, and then I'm then I'm then I'm done. Okay. Um, communication. This is where it all happens. I um, quote some wisdom from Steve Jobs in his biography. Um, Thinking like a jazz musician, who'd learned how important it is to hang to hang out and jam. Uh, uh, Jobs insisted that the building, his building be designed to encourage spontaneous conversations and improvised uh, collaborations. Quote, if a building doesn't encourage that, you lose a lot of innovation and the magic that's sparked by serendipity. Okay? Um, so, you know, he was a great believer in the spontaneous Meetings. Those of you who have got buildings, uh, uh, actually, they, they they put the washroom in this building right in the middle of the building. So they would have meet they'd meet going to the to the to the washroom and in and out of the washroom and, and around you know all around. The, they design their buildings for maximum connecting with people through the day. Uh, when, we, when we were first looking at King's, the architect wanted to do, make lots of offices for, you know, my office, another, elder. Oh, no, 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 no. You, you, you want the very opposite of that. If, if we want to be creative team, we want space to engage with one another. Um, and uh, he, he, one thing, for, another thing from Steve Jobs, um, don't rely on email and iChat. Um, Jobs, uh, it's another one for Steve Jobs on this, one huge... Uh, No, 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 forget that. Move on quickly. Um, Yeah, he he was a great believer in face-to-face meetings. Quote, there's a temptation in our networked age to think that ideas can be delivered by email and iChat. That's crazy. Creativity comes from spontaneous meetings, random discussions. You run into someone, you ask what they're doing. You say, wow, and soon you're cooking up all sorts of ideas. And that's how jazz players work. And really, this is the... um, where i'm going to i'm going to stop now because my time's gone um hanging out together um again jazz musicians are great at doing this after they've played they'll just they'll they'll, they'll find a a setting to, to sit around and talk and engage with one another and reflect on what's happened and and i want to make a plea that in our leadership style in the context of friends those that we're on this mission with, that we continue to find that setting where we can hang out together, enjoy one another's company. Um, uh, Jazz shows us, another quote from that book, creativity and innovation are inherently social accomplishments. And Jesus understood that. They're social. Learning, those things, the creativity and learning happen In social settings. And Jesus did that. And and so we call it discipleship. And we want to foster that in the way that we do leadership together. And here's one more jazz quote and then I'll I'll stop with this one. What made the learning process so rich was hanging out afterwards. When the jam sessions close down, we go for a drink, a meal, late night talk. We talk for hours about the harmonic changes, the rhythmic displacements, the inspiring moments, the song where we connected, the times when we didn't connect, and on and on. And I, a phrase that Graham and I coined many years ago, um, enjoying the journey. We, we want to enjoy the journey as leaders in our, in our leadership style. We don't want to be so stress-driven and... Uh, so uh, exhausted and uh, pressured from every angle that that we we, we 're just getting totally worn out we 're a community of the holy Spirit that 's how the church gets built. Choose men full of the Holy Spirit through gifts and going together in the fellowship of the holy spirit and if you th- if you 're thinking what you're saying off is is, is 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 not practical, I want to say. I think you're wrong, <laughs> loving. You, you, probably, you, you may think this doesn't, doesn't work with our agendas. Well, be radical enough to look again at what's on your agendas and be bold enough to say yes to the mess and make some space so that you can have that dynamic of the Holy Spirit so that when you come together as a team, when people look at it in their diary, team meeting, they go, yeah, not, oh, grief. Because there's this wonderful dynamic of the Holy Spirit that God wants for us. And it's to do with letting go. It's, it's to do with allowing, being secure enough in, in, in your leadership to let go a bit, to allow space for the Holy Spirit. It's about generous listening. It's about being creative about your meetings. It's about space to hang out. And above all else, it's actually about wonderful music. That is far better than you could ever achieve on your own when the gifts around you are really playing to their strengths and we get to enjoy the journey. And now you get to enjoy cake because it's ten past four. Sorry, I've overrun a bit.